This Week on Art in the Air features Indiana University Northwest graphic design students Tyler Kaufman, Chris Kritko, Jacob Meese, and Tiana Brown. Next, we speak with digital media arts major at Valpo University, Ashley Vernon, about her goal toward being an art museum curator. Our spotlights on Dune Summer Theater production of Boing Boing with actors Kyle Robinson and Lily Galuzzo, who will also be part of their youth theater program. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Larry and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself through art. And show the world your heart, express yourself you are, and show the world your heart. Welcome, you're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, WVLP 103.1 FM, and WDSO 88.3 FM. Our weekly program covering the arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. I'm Larry Breckner of New Perspectives Photography, right alongside here with Esther Golden of The Nest in Michigan City. Aloha, everyone. We're your hosts for Art on the Air. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant, South Shore Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Art on the Air is heard every Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, also streaming live at lakeshorepublicmedia.org, and is available on Lakeshore Public Media's website as a podcast. Also heard on Friday at 11 a.m. and Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP 103.1 FM, streaming live at WVLP.org, and Tuesdays at 4 p.m. on WDSO 88.3 FM. Our spotlight interviews are also heard Wednesdays on Lakeshore Public Media. Information about Art on the Air is available at our website, breck.com slash AOTA. That includes a complete show archive, spotlight interviews, plus our show is available on multiple podcast platforms, including NPR One. Please like us on Facebook, Art on the Air WVLP, for information about upcoming shows and interviews. And we'd like to welcome back to Art on the Air Spotlight from the Dunes Summer Theater. They have their first production coming up. We've talked about this season before, and we're also going to talk about some of the educational opportunities. And we have Steve Scott, Kyle Kays, and Lily Galazzo, and also Elise Kamani to keep us all on track here. So welcome to Art on the Air Spotlight. Steve, we'll let you talk about the show, Boeing Boeing, and then we'll introduce your actors and what else is going on. All Hi, right. everyone. Thank you. Hey, Esther, how are you? Um, good day. We're we're really looking forward to next week when we open our first show of the season, which is a classic French farce called Boing Boing, written in the 1960s, revived a few years ago on Broadway to great success. One of the funniest plays I've ever read and one of the funniest plays I've ever seen. Uh, it's just a, it's, I would describe the plot to you, but it would take more than an hour to get through it. Uh, but uh, it, basically, it's a guy with three girlfriends. He's trying to juggle the schedules of the girlfriends, and it doesn't work out so well. Uh, so two of the actors who are in the show are with us today, uh, Lily Galuzzo and uh, Kyle Keyes Ro- uh, Roberson, who uh, both have leading roles in the show. So do you want to talk about the, the characters that you play and how you figure into all of this insanity? Okay, Kyle, go first. Go ahead there. Sure. Um, um, yes, I'm Kyle. Uh, I'll be playing Robert Lambert. Um, the show is mostly set in Paris, uh, Paris, uh, according to how you want to pronounce it. Um, and Robert is an, he's an American. He's here visiting his friend who lives in Paris. Um, and he finds out that his friend has been up to a lot of 
well, shall we say, scandalous stuff. I don't want to really spoil a lot of it. Well, I mean, like, people probably know of it, but, yeah, he he, he has, like, three fiancés. And, um, yeah, Robert is, like, in all of this. And I love the naivety in Robert. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like me, like, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, like, the the. It's almost like the farcical nat- nature of the show itself is um, it, it shows, especially in the, um, should I say, confusion of Robert. Like Robert doesn't know what's going on most of the time. And um, by the end of the show, he has a clue, at least, on what's going on most of the time in the show. And um, I don't know. Uh, that's probably as much as, I can give on Robert. Um, <laughs> People should just come and see it now. It's right. time for them to come see you in action. Yeah. Well, Lily, tell us a little bit about your part in this also. So we want to get give you a little coverage here. Yeah, so I'm Lily Galuzzo. I play Gloria Hawkins. She is an American flight attendant who is engaged to um, Bernard, who is an American architect living in Paris and just a lot of shenanigans go down. Um, this show is really funny. They're all really strong characters. So watching them all interact is really interesting because they're all very headstrong and have very strong opinions about pretty much everything. So watching them all engage together on stage is really, really fun. Farces remain funny for years and years and years due to the new actors, what new actors bring to it all the time. So luckily, it's intrinsically funny. And I look forward to seeing what both of you do in the uh, Boeing Boeing. And as an objective outsider, they're both terrific. So there you go. <laughs> well, we have some other things that you uh, both of you are involved with. And it's the uh, youth program. And uh, I think summer camps. Well, tell us about what's going on with that and when those things start. Uh, Lily, we'll go ahead back uh, to you. Tell us all about what that's going on with. Yeah, so me and Kyle are working together. We're going to be teaching with the Michigan City Area Schools in their summer program. Um, We're going to be doing the drama and theater section and really just introducing these kids to what theater is and the basics of acting and working through a scene and working together on stage, kind of just helping them explore what it is, because I think a lot of these students haven't had that exposure. Um, I'm really excited. I've been teaching for a couple of years and I love it. So it's going to be great to work with Kyle and help all these students get more into it. Safe Harbor is a wonderful program. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So, so tell us a little more depth, like what is or like a uh, how many weeks they are, how to sign up, and things like that. So the yeah, first one is like creative drama and play creation. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a three week program. They meet uh, uh, three days a week, I believe, for three weeks. Two, two days uh, and a week. I know Kyle and and and, uh, and Lily are talking about improvisation. Two weeks, sorry. Uh, yeah. Talking about using uh, theater games, improvisation. What have you? What else have you guys figured out? Uh, well, a lot of um, a lot of dances. Uh, you know, a, a lot of to get them used to the uh, the stages of performance um, in any way. So, like dancing to their favorite songs, singing and stuff. Uh, a lot of games um, that introduce that introduces like a lot of theatrics for the future. Um, a lot of improv games, very simple th- improv games as well, like, you know, to get kids enjoying the game. And comfortable. It's for eight years to 12 years, right? That's the right. Yeah. age group focus. That's right. What's the cost? And do you have scholarships available in case someone can't uh, do that? We do have scholarships. We uh, The cost for the, the well, it, the safe harbor is free to Michigan City area schools, but the 
um, Kyle and Lily are going to come to the dunes in the afternoon and teach the same class to our kids. And the, the cost for that class is $200. So it's twice a week for three weeks. And then there's a little presentation at the end. And yes, we have scholarships. They are online. If you just go to the Youth Theater tab and scroll down, you can uh, fill out the scholarships and uh, most likely you'll get one. If you fill it out, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, you have a show coming up very soon. It's I think opening uh, June second through the sixteenth, uh, Boeing Boeing, and uh, it's a classical farce. Any final thoughts on that, uh, Steve, or any one of you, as we wrap up here in the last thirty seconds? Be prepared to laugh and be prepared for the women to be the smart ones on stage, because the <laughs> yes. men, as an all farce, the men don't know anything about what's going on. Excellent. That's the Dune Summer Theater, Dune's Art with Youth Theater and their upcoming season. They also have other things for the whole season. Thank you so much for coming on Art on the Air Spotlight. Thanks, Larry. Have a great time. Thank you so much. Art on the Air Spotlight and the complete one-hour program on Lakeshore Public Media is brought to you by Macaulay Real Estate in Valparaiso, Olga Patrician, Senior Broker. And as a reminder, if you'd like to have your event on Art on the Air Spotlight or have a longer feature interview, email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com. You're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, on WVLP, 103.1 FM, and WDSO, 88.3 FM. We would like to welcome four graphic design students from Indiana University Northwest to Art on the Air. A warm welcome to Jacob Meese, Tiana Brown, Christopher Kritikos, and Tyler Kaufman. Thank you for joining us on Art on the Air. Aloha to you all. Hi. Thank you, guys. Good morning. Good. Well, we're so glad to have you on the show. And uh, we'll start with uh, you, Jacob, and how we will have each of you. Tell us a little bit about your background. I always like to say how you got from where you were to where you are now. So tell us about your art and graphic design journey yeah i uh i didn't already uh, always originally go to college at iu for design i originally was pursuing business um at the time i kind of looked at it like all of the avenues of things i'd like to do in life would probably lead me to having my own business and i kind of always heard that to be successful in that you should probably get a degree in it because a lot of people that are that don't have one say you should get one and I was always very passionate about things like music, um, like clothing and things like skateboarding, which are all very art centric. And just over time, two of two of pretty much my closest friends in life actually are graphic designers. And one of them has been working professionally for the last six years uh, for Heron uh, down at IUPUI. And it kind of just opened up my eyes to just the possibilities of like. There's so much out there for it. So um, I play in a band currently and really enjoy working uh, with design in music. Uh, so it's really interesting to be able to have opportunities where friends of mine are asking me to do things like design a shirt for them or like do stuff for like their album art and stuff like that. So that's really something where I'm kind of focusing a lot now on in terms of commission work and where what I'm doing outside of school. Um, but yeah, it's just something where a lot of the things I'm passionate about in life have room for design in many different ways in them. So I'm kind of looking to de- explore all the different ways that, you know, you can go about. So that, what do you play? Uh, I play guitar, but I'm pretty multi. I, I play bass uh, in a band currently and guitar in another one. But I well, tell, us the, tell us the band name. Uh, the band's name is called Days Lost, uh, D-A-Y-Z. It's it's like hardcore uh, heavy metal music. Nothing too like ridiculous, but like um, definitely like similar to, I guess, like Metallica or something like that. <laughs> um, 
but it's definitely something where that leads uh, a lot of room for my design, uh, whether it's stuff for my own band or um, but long before I ever called myself a graphic designer or a really an artist of sorts, I did a lot of like flyers for shows that I would do in like high school and stuff like that. And that's something I still do a lot too. And even if it's just a really cheap, quick, not even hours worth of work, but it's me constantly like churning out something and working on my style. That's still always really fun for me to do. And it's also a way to get your name out there when it's people like your friends that are respected can post something and put, you know, art by Jacob Meese or flyer by Jacob sure. Meese or something. It, a, you lot know, it's always... band, a lot of those band posters really become iconic and collector's yeah. items. So. Yeah, definitely. It's really fun to, um, you know, be able to delve into like with this, the project we worked on with school, I did some like screen printing for myself. And it kind of really showed me like, you know, for all of this, we don't always have to, you know, pay to have it exported and sent to us from someone else. You can, you know, do some of this if you can do it professionally enough and it can, you know, look really, really great at the same time. Well, we'll get back more to you, Jacob. Let's move on uh, to Tiana. So tell us about your origin story. So I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Um, I have a small family that consists of, you know, my mom, my grandma, my aunt, and my cousin. And I grew up loving art and music. I began drawing since I was three. Um, I got most of my inspiration to draw from my late Uncle John. Um, Did he draw with you? He actually taught me how to draw. Um, He... Love to draw Looney Tune characters, just anything from videotapes he collected, um, just mostly like animals and characters and stuff like that. But that really gave me a big push to create a lot more things. And um, when I was 13, my mom passed away and I was depressed for a while. Thank you. Um, I was depressed for a while, but... I at that time I I was still drawing and it wasn't like sad things it was mostly very motivational things for me and that really inspired me to or had me to create an urge to um, want to get a degree or pursue a degree in arts so that's why I sought out IUN. Um, initially I didn't, I wasn't enrolled in major design, but I, uh, went on to fine arts, but then I switched my major to graphic design because, well, of a lot of research that I've done and finding out that I could really use my designs and things of that nature to really make some really cool stuff, so... I know it's really kind of immediate, too, where some of the fine art, it takes maybe months to see a realization. And it could be, I guess, the same with graphic design, but it seems like you get more immediate results and can change the If you don't like where you're going, it's easier to change. Grateful to your your uncle for leading you to the art path. And also, you know, there's a demand for that. There's uh, graphic design is something everywhere, like, like Jacob was talking about. We'll move on to Chris and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your origin story. Yeah, so um, growing up, I've just kind of always been interested in art. Um, It was always something that I thought I was pretty good at. Um, Also, I just played sports just like any kid. And when I turned eight, I started playing hockey and quickly fell in love with it. Um, 
I think in 2012, I discovered graphic design and it kind of became my way of combining art and sports to create uh, digital artwork. And um, just like any kid growing up, you kind of dream of playing a sport professionally. And for me, um, it was no different. I wanted to play in the NHL, but uh, there there came a time where you had to realize it's probably not going to happen. And for me, I knew if I can't play in the NHL, then I'm going to design for an NHL team. So um, I've been fortunate enough to intern with the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in 2021. And then last year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then I'm currently an intern with the Florida Panthers. Excellent. Very good. So are you doing some of those? It seemed like when I, um, are you doing some of them concurrently? as well or are you just interning for one of the organizations the panthers um just the panthers right now uh right now we're in the playoffs we actually just beat the boston bruins in the first round which it seems kind of like a miracle um considering <laughs> they're the the best team in the league this year uh so right now a lot of my time is just focused on the playoffs and creating content for their social media very good chris well let's move on to tyler and uh, tell us a little bit about your origin story Okay. So actually I wasn't really interested in art as a little kid. It was, it's actually kind of funny. I always joke that I, uh, I told myself in elementary school and my art teachers that I would never end up in an art career. <laughs> Look where I am now. But, um, my interest in graphic design actually came from, uh, high school when I took, uh, they had a graphic design class in high school that I could take. And it started out as a hobby as like anything did anything, anything does. And I, uh, very quickly fell in love with it and very quickly just kind of hit the ground running. It kind of felt like uh, I found my voice once I was able to start doing graphic design. I've always been a kind of I've always been the kind of person that never stops talking, always has something to say. And I feel like through uh, graphic design that I've always been I've been able to do that. And it's made me um, better at, you know, kind of I don't even know. Just that's just where I that's where I found found my enjoyment in it just being able to use the medium to tell stories. And I mainly do that through branding and typography, which um, has been awesome. I, I guess that's... So really can you describe your... Can you describe the work that's in your senior... That was in your senior um, presentation? Yeah, of course. Yeah, my senior presentation, uh, the project is a brand that I was working on called Seek Adventure. That's all about like going out and being present in your life and just... It's a lifestyle brand, so it's centered around the national parks. So I have a lot of these illustrations that are about the national parks and just hitting the, I hit the ground running with it. It's a passion project of mine, and I hope that I keep getting – yeah, I hope to expand upon it in the future. And, How exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Why don't we ask that of each of you? Uh, Jacob, tell us about what you had in the uh, exhibit. That was uh, actually earlier in May, so, uh, but tell us about uh, what you're uh, at in, as your senior project. Uh, I created a full CD and cassette layout for a ambient music album that I also created myself uh, on guitar. And I did a full uh, advertisement campaign as well as like uh, merchandise for it as well. And did a whole uh, spread kind of harkening back to a lot of uh, my own influences, very like DIY, um, almost like Xerox type artwork in a way. Uh, it was all in black and white. Uh, and it was really neat to kind of tie in things like I recorded the music to a cassette and to a CD and made those where you could, you know, 
hold these items tangibly in hand and, you know, look at the booklet and how it would lay out. And one of the booklets opens up to one of the posters that I used as well uh, for like the advertisements. Uh, so it was definitely something um, that's up my avenue as well, but was very, very fulfilling to bring it all to fruition. Using kind of a multimedia approach to your uh, design. Yeah, very much so. So I actually um, went out of my comfort zone and I decided to make a comic book series called Fantasy 8. So exciting. Yeah. It actually, um, I had a lot of fun making it actually. And I got a lot of inspiration from um, the graphic designers that I follow on Instagram. And I made them all from scratch. It's um, just a little short story um, about fantasy gods fighting against this one common enemy that's trying to like destroy um, the planet of Leonia. So, um, yeah, I just did that and I made um, a, a bit of merch off of it as well, like T-shirts and button pins and business cards, all that good stuff. Excellent. So, Tiana, what would have been your, you said you, you reached outside of your comfort zone. So what normally would have been your comfort zone? Like I honestly would have created just posters of the characters and just have their stats on the side of it. But I wanted to take it a step further and really just make a comic book because I grew up loving comic comic, comic yeah. books. So I wanted to try and do one for myself and see where that goes. That sounds great. It Fabulous. Yeah. And Chris, we'll move on to you. What was your senior project like? Yeah, my, my show was pretty much just a culmination of all the work I've been doing with the Panthers. Um, in early 2022, I was hired as a freelance designer during the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, so it's just a mix of work from then and then also throughout this entire NHL season with the with the team. Um, you'll see just pucks that I created for different theme nights, um, social graphics. And uh, I think there's some coasters and, and a yearbook from the team as well. So do you still play hockey? Um, yes and no, uh, not as much as I, as I'd like to, uh, but there's times when I'll get invited out to play with some friends. It sounds like fun. Well, I'm going to throw out about the, the program and I'm going to let whoever wants to jump in on this, uh, talk about, it. tell us a little bit about the, well, I know it's, it's part of the whole fine arts department, but tell us about what you have in graphic design and maybe some influential professors that you've had. So whoever wants to pick that up, go first. Oh, I would totally like to talk about uh, Kelly as she was a professor that recently left us. Uh, was it about like a year and a half ago, guys? Maybe? Yeah. A little bit over so. that. Yeah. Um, great professor. She is probably one of the, I um, don't want to speak for anyone, but for me, she is one of the main reasons that I like continued pushing for it, uh, continued pushing towards being a graphic designer. She was really inspiring. I think as professor, eh, professor, she I think she taught a lot of like really valuable lessons, whether it be like getting a client or even just like in critiques where she's encouraging us to kind of push our work to the next level and thinking of uh, telling us to think in a variety of different ways that might be considered outside the box or just, you know, in a way to innovate. Did she move on to a different school? Um, she's, she's not, not currently teaching. Yeah, she got a job um, at like a firm in Chicago uh. that she's, I think, somewhat heading. But she's she's very good. Not only everything that he said rings true uh, for me as well. And um, I kind of I don't want to say underestimated IUN's department, but I had a very close friend kind of 
kind of show me what she was doing and show me, you know, the work she'd done. And she's also a very good asset to have, not to, you know, put someone's worth on that um, as a professor, especially, but she's very much someone that wants to create a connection, whether it's a professional world or she knows a lot of people, you know, across the board, a lot of interesting people. And she's very much the type to really, you know, know her um, potential with that and want to, you know, use that in a very non-arrogant and non, um, you know, just a very genuine way, I guess I could say. She really cares about her students too, I'd say. She, uh, going back on what Jacob says, where she knows a lot of people, she, even, there's even times where she would uh, tell her students, hey, do I have a client that I'd like to work, uh, that that needs work done. Would you be able to do this? Just kind of push you into like the adult design world and getting, doing something that students in most schools probably aren't able to do outside of their design classes. So you have actual portfolio pieces that when you come to a client, you could show that, Hey, I've worked with a client before. Oh, fabulous. Wow. So, um, a lot of you came from with arts background and uh, made the transition maybe from fine arts. But do you ever go back to not just thinking in graphic design mode, but, you know, have some fun with like just general fine art? And do you still practice any of that? Yeah, I think I definitely do. Um, obviously, for me, working within hockey, it's just every day it's something hockey related that I'm kind of working on. Um, and even like when it came to school, too, I would tend to kind of pull hockey into the you know assignments that I was doing in my classes and I would have professors always tell me you know why don't you try something different and <laughs> I just I was in like in such denial I just didn't want to it's because hockey is the thing I love the most and I knew that ultimately was what I was going to end up doing full-time so I was like why would I change what I'm doing um, but of course like you get burnt out and you kind of get in these creative slumps sometimes. So it's nice to kind of back away from whatever it is that you're working on um, and explore something else, uh, whether that be something within music or any other hobby that you have. Um, So what is it for you? uh, For me, I like to just, I really tend to lean on music. When I'm working, I always listen to music. I have headphones in probably 90% of the day. Um, So if I can maybe create an album cover or... um, just something along those lines. I think it helps kind of stimulate your mind differently uh, and also in, in a creative way. What about for all of you outside of the um, the computer? Like, do you hike? Do you, I mean, Jacob, you play music. So that's, you know. Yeah. I, was just say, I like hiking. Um, I don't do it as much as I would like, but I really think it's important to get outside and kind of just experience the outdoors with that it's one of my things that i think is uh, a main source of inspiration like like i said my project was uh, about the national park so a lot of it is going outside and kind of connecting with nature a little bit and it clears the head it really does especially yeah, with creative blocks does. piano what do you like to do outside of graphic design so i'm a gamer and um, i like to play video games i've been playing video games since i was a very young girl um, grew up playing shooting games, racing games. I'm very good at them. And um, I think that's sort of therapeutic for me because, like Tyler said, it helps to clear the mind a little bit whenever <laughs> I'm stressed out. And I haven't gotten the time to do it lately because I was really focused on um, getting my project done and making sure like I have it completed to the best of my ability. So 
So a lot of your, um, a lot of, or quite a few years of your um, college education was during COVID. How, um, how were, how were the classes handled then for you personally and start wherever Tiana? So in 2020, they were basically online. Um, the school was closed and I think to me, it kind of benefited me a lot because, um, my family needed me a lot at home. So I was able to get a lot of stuff done class wise and family wise as well. But it also made it, it also affected me negatively because of the fact that I was procrastinating a lot. <laughs> and, you know, I was just like, oh, I get it done. You know, I'll just go to sleep for like 20 minutes and then wake up and I'm like, oh, I didn't get my assignment done. So, with I'm I'm really glad that the school is back open because of the fact that I can physically go to the classes and I can be more engaged rather than just sitting at home like on a computer. Any of the and rest of you want to talk about your COVID experience? I think yeah, it's it's also fair to say that um, as artists, if we're getting critiqued, um, it just becomes a little bit maybe stale or neutral through through the computer. It's also very easy to just. I don't want to say sugarcoat, but kind of just give whatever. Um, almost delving into detail digitally seems like you're being excessive, but in person you almost really want to delve into detail to give a good critique. And that was something that I did not enjoy uh, through COVID was not being able to be in person and just get feedback that you could get immediately and now you no longer can. Tyler or Chris? Yeah, I totally agree with both of them. I definitely preferred in person as um, I feel like I didn't start making like friends in college until later in my art career. And then I think that's also when I started seeing myself blossom more as a designer, when I was like actually interacting between the people instead of a, I really like your work on a discussion board just to get your two replies out of the way. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. Good way to word that at the end, Tyler. I <laughs> would say the exact same thing myself. I want to touch on, we only have a couple minutes left here, but each of you real quick. Uh, upon graduation, what's your plans? And Jacob, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, currently I have my own uh, small business with a close friend of mine. We sell like vintage clothing. So I do a lot of uh, traveling to sell that. Um, but I'm kind of just pivoting, trying to do more freelance um, in that field um, and also in kind of the music field. And I've kind of accepted that it doesn't necessarily have to be a direct nine to five doing design. There's a lot of different avenues you can do. So kind of just feeling out uh, and then maybe seeking stuff locally because there's a lot in this. There's a lot available, I think, in this area that they don't even know that they need the work. Right. Tiana? So I plan on um, seeking out an internship. Do you have your eyes on somebody? Not at the moment, no, but um, I will be speaking with an advisor from Career Services to find out what I really want to do. Otherwise, I'll just keep drawing and maybe open up a, a small online shop for my designs. Excellent. And Chris? Uh, I will continue to intern with the Florida Panthers. Uh, I also freelance, so I have clients uh, like Gold Star Hockey, who's an NHL player agency, and then also the NHL Alumni Association. Um, but in the meantime, obviously, I'm going to keep my eye out for uh, full-time positions with other NHL teams. I'm kind of staying in close contact with um, a couple. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And quickly, Tyler. 
I am going to be continuing the internship that I'm currently in, which is with uh, Edgewell Personal Care, which is the people that own the brands Banana Boat, Schick, Hawaiian Tropic, and a bunch of those. And then I'm also going to be trying to do some freelance and hopefully try to jumpstart my Seek Adventure senior project into a real business. Sounds great. You know, we really appreciate you guys coming on Art in the Air and uh, sharing your uh, graphic design journey. Uh, wish you all the best of luck. We have Jacob, Tiana, Chris, and Tyler from IUN uh, Northwest and the, the great uh, school that they have there for graphic design and fine arts. All of you, thank you so much for coming on Art on the yeah, Air. Have a great time. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there. This is public radio theme composer B.J. Lederman. And you're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Radio 89.1 FM and on WVLP 103.1 FM. We would like to welcome Ashley Vernon to Art on the Air. Ashley is a junior digital media arts major at Valparaiso University. Through her studies in art history, she hopes to pursue a museum curatorship. She has also taken courses in painting, photography, drawing, and ceramics. Her work explores the themes of change and loss. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us on Art on the Air. Aloha and welcome. Hi. Hi. It's so fun to be here. So, yeah, it's so nice to see you in person. So glad to have you here. Well, Ashley, we always like to start out our interviews kind of exploring your background. And I know you're kind of young, you know, just in college. But I think talking about early influences, I always like to say, like, where you grew up and things like that, your origin story. So how you got from where you were to where you are now. So tell us about Ashley. Yeah, yeah. that favorite art school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I actually I have a very weird kind of origin and art story in the fact that growing up, I stopped taking art classes after elementary school and throughout middle school and high school, I was a band kid. I really just did music and I come from a very musical and artistic family, despite them all being STEM majors and people. So um, it really wasn't until I got to about sophomore year of high school when my dad got a new camera and I was so excited to start playing with it and um, experience with photography and it started out just like family vacations. I was taking pictures of like leaves and what, what people that first got a camera start taking pictures of mostly. And, um, I really started thinking about what I wanted to do in college because there was never really a question of whether I was going to college or not. My mom was a professor. We took education very, very seriously in our household. And so, I knew going into undergrad that I wanted to eventually become a museum curator. And I started out as a history major, um, but I decided freshman year to take an intro to photography course and, and that turned the tide. I was smitten. I was like, I need to become an art major immediately. And so I was really, you know, I didn't have a lot of those influence of it other than like, pictures my dad had been taken and everything until I got to college and I started looking at um like oh gosh Dorothea Lang and all these influences and that really was a big one that way I studied a lot my freshman year in that photography class and then because of the small school I'm at Southern University um I can't just fully major in photography which is very sad I do love it but it did kind of force me to go outside of my comfort zone and take different mediums which I loved every single one um I took ceramics the spring of my freshman year something I never thought I would do I was like this really is a class EVA whatever we're going to take it 
I loved it so much. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I realized I just loved working with my hands and really starting to like explore different art mediums and how you could combine them. And I really, it was, I got to kind of flip flop between mediums when I started taking photos of my process in ceramics. And that became a series of photos I took. And then I went back to graphic design in the computer lab. And so my entire college career, I've been one semester in a computer lab, the next semester in like a painting studio or ceramic studio. And I've kind of been discovering influences along the way. And I've discovered a deep, deep love for impressionism through painting. And I discovered how hard it is. At first, I was like, oh, this will be easy. And no, it's not. It's crazy how difficult it is. And just the way impressionist painters can see the world is terrific. It's so inspiring to kind of sit back and like blow your eyes and just try to find different shapes and forms to focus on. It's really interesting. And so that's kind of a very brief version of how I got from there to here. But um, <laughs> that's kind so of... It was really yeah. interesting when you sent us images of your work. It was paintings, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And so what are you photographing these days do you photograph in an impressionistic way or I mean other than you know because I you did mention you do portraits and stuff and so that you're going to have crisp most likely (laughs) but when you're doing like a personal photography series yeah um it's kind of hard because as a student a lot of my energy for arts go into assignments and so if I'm not in a photography class there are times where I really have to pause and be like I want to work on photography this week let's work on it So while we're in the middle of like grad season, I'm taking a lot of senior portraits for my friends that are graduating soon. Um, One of the main series that I focused on recently was kind of, it's kind of sad. Um, I recently lost one of my grandparents about a year ago. So not super recent. (laughs) But yeah. And she, um, she was, she was my namesake. Um, My middle name came from her and I realized because my family originates from Ohio, like very close to the Appalachian Mountains and Ohio, like it's very rural area. And I, ever since I was like four months old, have been making the journey back and forth to their house. And I realized after her passing that I didn't know how long I had with the house being the same way that it was and before things got changed or before it got sold. And so I did a series kind of focusing on um, spaces where I had significant memories in the house and while also focusing on the absence of those memories in that space. So like the dinner table and it's fully set, but all the chairs are empty or the reclining chairs that my grandparents sat in. And they always, we always had our assigned seats in the living room whenever <laughs> we were there. And, and um, they had this, they, they, it used to be a farm and then they downsized throughout the years. And so they have like a forest and a barn and they had this, like tire, like not tire swing. It was a swing tied to one of their giant trees for us when we were little. And so there are countless photos of me and my cousins just playing outside. And it was really fun to go back to the spots and recreate those old photos with us being older now. And so that was kind of a focus in on loss and the absence of something that used to be there, but at the same time, the beauty of what still is there. So that was kind of something I I've continued to kind of bring on in my um, photography after that series is just little snapshots of moments where I find that kind of similar feeling. 
do you shoot in black and white or color? Is that series in black and white or color? That series was in black and white. I do tend to gravitate towards black and white photography, but sometimes I really try my hand with color. I find if I'm out in nature, I really want to capture as much of that color and beauty and movement as I can. Whereas if it's something looking back in memory or focusing on feeling, I want it to be in black and white and kind of have the emotions come from the objects themselves. So when you did that series, and so artistically, you're wanting to work in black and white, but for yourself, did you also take color photos of those moments as well? Yeah, it was, um, especially because I take photos, I take the photos in color, I throw them into a Lightroom, I edit them in black and Mm. white, and I kind of, that way I get to play with the shadows and the depth of everything. Um, But I definitely did make duplicates of everything and try to keep it in black and white and then I had the photos in color and I ended up actually making them into a book and giving them to my dad for Christmas was kind of like a memory book for him in the space where he grew up because it was his childhood home and he ended up throughout the time that he's been back since and that I haven't been there he's actually been taking a series of his own kind of like that Um, every so often he'll be like this is a photo I took at the barn and I kind of noticed that duality of him capturing his own memories that may not be there, but have still are still important to him. You touched on this, Ashley, and but I kind of mm-hmm. want to know about your photography process. And you did a little bit about Lightroom, so yeah. upfront equipment, but then you know post processing. What do you do? Tell us about that. You you shoot the photo. I I know with digital, you actually just shoot mm-hmm. in color. You don't shoot black and white, but then you create it into color. So talk talk about your process. Yeah. So. Um, for the longest time, I really was just me and the camera against the world. Um, I had one photo, like one camera, one lens for my like a large part of when I was starting out. And then as I've gotten more used to the camera, I've gotten a couple more lenses. Um, but usually, it really is. I try to capture, especially in like portraits. I really try to capture the candid moments and try to capture the movement and the personality of the person I'm photographing. Um, that's something I see a lot with grad photos is it's very posed a lot and it's about like the school or about the place they're at. And for me, I really want it to be about the person and their accomplishments and kind of symbolizing that as much as possible. So it really is something that I try to focus more on being in the moment with the photo, taking it quickly, moving rapid fire, that kind of thing. And then when I bring them back, I bring them into Lightroom and kind of edit them whether I think I need more light or whether I need to bring the person out of the background a little bit more. Maybe I'm playing with shadows trying to get more depth. Um, but then more recently, I've been able to bring in some more lights. I, I've had a tripod. That's pretty standard. But with different lenses, I've been able to play around more with um, different distances of photography and different ways I can capture movement. And so the process really is still kind of me and the camera against the world. And then we fix whatever we can and post. But um, it's become a little bit more streamlined in just how many photos I know I need to take. And I'm not just like holding the shutter down the whole time, hoping to capture the right moment. I'm getting better <laughs> at seeing what I need to do. That's like it is in the uh, film era, which I was in also. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were a lot more selective. Now now you do lots of in-camera dupes with slightly different exposures and things because you, yeah. you, know, you don't have to worry about that. And yeah. I always ask our photographers, what equipment do you use for your camera? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, so I have a Canon, and I still it's one of the beginner cameras they have. It's a EOS Rebel T7i, and my dad has a T6i, I believe. 
So this is actually the second camera I've been able to use. And then I have a 58 millimeter lens on it right now. Um, and then I have a telephoto lens. And then I have a, um, oh gosh, why am I forgetting what it's called? I have specific lens um, covers that affect the, oh, it's a polarized lens. Oh, yes. That's something I use also a lot since I'm shooting a lot outside and trying to remove the, the color of the clouds and everything. So that's my main equipment. And then I have a, just a pretty standard tripod that I got off of Amazon, if I'm honest. Sure. I'm not entirely sure the brand, but um, that's kind of my main equipment setup for photography. And then, yeah. Well, no, that's and it's that's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, that's something advice I have always given people. The one filter that, especially if you're doing outdoor photography, a polarizer, mm-hmm. it's dramatic what it does. You do you put it on there, and you can instantly see under most conditions. Like if it's overcast, it doesn't really do anything. But if you're yeah. shooting things, all of a sudden the saturation of the the greenery just it, yeah, you're right. So yeah. it's yeah, it's fantastic. It's- it's also definitely the one I would recommend to like anybody starting out. And I was like, you need to learn something and how to photograph outside, get this lens. Like it'll help a lot. So, yeah. You're listening to Art on the Air on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, on WVLP, 103.1 FM, and WDSO, 88.3 FM. So you're in your junior year there at, at yes. Valparaiso University. Mm-hmm. So you have one more year. So what kind of project out that last year of college, you know, what you have planned, and then your post-graduation uh, uh, plans? Yeah, so I'm not sure what my senior year will bring. Apparently every year brings new surprises for me. <laughs> right now, my course load, I, um, I'm actually really, really grateful to have the opportunity. I'm taking an independent study in the fall. And I get to curate a gallery at a nearby, um, one of the nearby hotels has a gallery in their basement that they, um, well, not basement, the lobby, that they wanted one of the students to come and curate for homecoming. So I get the honor to do that, which I'm really excited about because I get to work with my fellow art students and kind of working with a theme and getting that together. Um, we're, it's still in the early stages of planning, so there's not a lot of information I can give about that. But um, I'm also looking So will it be a mixture of medium? Will there be photography and painting and sculpture? Yeah. Or is yeah. it all, yeah, two, 2D and 3D? Yeah, 2D and 3D. I've um, The way we were going about it is I've specifically selected different artists because I know myself as a person to know that I would just love anything that gets sent in if I did it as like an open call kind of situation. So I'm kind of giving each of the artists... Um, we have a terrific student on campus who does collage art that's like very, very beautiful. Um, I have a photographer, a painter, somebody who's like doing sculpture, I believe. And so I'm really looking forward to having that kind of mix of mediums all surrounding one theme. Um, and the beautiful thing about the placement of it is this is a place where a lot of people's parents come and stay for homecoming or family weekend. And so hopefully they'll be able to come and see some of their children's art and kind of having that in it in a more professional environment than just them walking into the painting studio and be like, this is what I made this week. <laughs> this is definitely something I've done with my mom a ton. Can you reveal the theme? Um, right now, we're, I think we're going with the theme. Um, I kind of titled it. So it's Be For Real, an Exploration of Reality. And so I felt like that kind of gave the artists enough wiggle room to bring their mediums in comfortably and have a bunch of different things they could explore with it, but still being kind of connected, which I think is important if you're having something with so many mediums. Is that at the Country yeah. Inn and Suites? 
Yeah, I, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I know that they're they're actively trying to develop their lobby gallery. They had a mm-hmm. grand opening like a, oh about six months ago with different artists. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good opportunity for you. So. <laughs> Thank you. Now that you're heading toward graduation, so mm-hmm. what, I know you want to get into curation, but uh, is there maybe advanced degrees in your future before you do that? Or, you know, what type of opportunities are you looking for? Yeah, right now I'm definitely, definitely probably going to have to go to grad school to get at least my master's. So I've started looking at schools for that, um, which has been very interesting because there are so many different ways you can go with that if you can just do a master's in museum studies museum curatorship, art history. And so I've really been working with a lot of my professors to try to like narrow down exactly what route I should go on. And so it probably looks like I'm going to have to go on and get a, um, a master's in art history, which I'm very excited about because it's something that I've really discovered a passion for throughout my time here at Valpo alone. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at. I hope see if I have to get a doctorate past that. <laughs> <laughs> did the pandemic change your trajectory in school? Did it extend it? How did it affect you personally? Yeah, the pandemic was definitely very interesting because um, I was a senior in high school. It was my spring semester. So it was really, it really hit about the time that college decisions were about to be made. And I was looking between Valpo and my mother's alma mater in Ohio. And I was looking at both for history. And with the pandemic, um, I kind of decided that I would like to stay closer to the area, like with my parents, everything was so uncertain. And so I ended up choosing Valpo. And that's kind of where I discovered my love for the art department. And if I'm honest, I don't know much about the art department at the other school. And so it kind of worked out very well. And despite any challenges the art department has had here, it's still just a fantastic faculty. They're so supportive of everyone. I remember when I officially switched my major, they gave me like a bag of popcorn with pop art on it. Like they were like, we give these to everybody who comes to the program. And it was so, it was just so welcoming immediately. And um, I still work very closely with a lot of the people in the history department. And so that's kind of how I knew it was like a good place for me. But the pandemic definitely ended up changing that decision process and kind of what I was looking at for a college at the time. And then coming in, all of my classes my first semester were on Zoom. So my first art history courses were entirely like pre-recorded lectures. And I just remember even with that, the teacher I had was so just like she had just fantastic energy and it made it so interesting. And that really like drew me into it. I was like, this subject is even interesting on Zoom. Like I have to learn more. And so that, I, I don't even know what would have happened if it was in person. My head probably would have exploded. But <laughs> um, so that definitely was an effect I had. And then we moved to classes being fully in person, but wearing masks. And that's when I was in ceramics. And I think my lungs are probably better for it. Um, I, would say. <laughs> I was like, this is actually pretty convenient. Um, And so that kind of was like the biggest changes was for a long time. I didn't really get to know anybody in person, but I was still like really struck by the just the sheer support that everybody here had for each other, especially in the art that it really stuck out to me and made me like really confirm that I was in the right place to study what I was studying. Did you have a favorite or most influential, maybe be a better way to put it, uh, professor there? Oh, that... she still has another year left, Larry. Well, I know, but, <laughs> but but so far then, how about yeah. that? <laughs> um, oh my goodness, that's 
Meaning it's don't, so hard. don't, yeah. She probably doesn't want to pin down because she still has to work with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say, I every professor I've worked with has become incredibly influential just across the board from my gen eds to my art, and I think they're all so fantastic for their own reasons. I will say, I definitely she's retired now, and I miss her every day. Nina Carrazzo and her sister Michelle mm. Carrazzo. Right. Both of them were fantastic. And I, and I can say this because they're not here, and so I won't get in trouble with my husband. Um, they, they wouldn't yell at me. But they were so influential on getting me on the path that I'm on now that I really just have a special place in my heart for them and everything that they've done for me and for their students because they really are just so supportive, even to this day. It's not rare that they'll email us and be like, how are you guys doing? <laughs> so, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So, yeah. you you know, you mentioned your passion's photography, and mm-hmm. then you sent us images of of painting. <laughs> so where do you think painting's going to – do you enjoy it, that it's going to stay with you, that you're still going to continue to paint? Yeah, absolutely. I think this was – this was kind of just the most exi- recent examples of work that I had finished um, because I went from photography to drawing to painting in these last three semesters. And I definitely think, I think everything I've learned, I would love to continue doing. And I think, especially there were some parts in my painting where I would reference photographs that I had taken and kind of combined it. I love that element of combination, how you can so fluidly switch between the arts and how they can easily influence each other. So I definitely think it was something else. Continue doing. Yeah, they're very complimentary. You know, and with what you want to go into, have you crossed paths with Jonathan Canning, who's a the curator, I thought he he has a great story. We've interviewed him on the show, but you know he can yeah, probably. She works t- there. She yeah. works for yeah. the Broward. <laughs> I'm actually the director's aide at the Broward, so we work very yeah. closely together. Yeah. So, and he's he's been a great help with helping me, like in the grad schools as well. Really great to have somebody in this field who can help give the advice and something I want to go into specifically. So, yeah. Very good. <laughs> So yeah. talked a little bit about your future and everything. It mm-hmm. looks like grad school and everything like that. And your final year, you're probably, you're doing independent studies for the most part yeah. and everything. So, yeah. and do you have any projects in mind for those independent studies? Yeah. Um, so other than the gallery itself, I would really like to kind of bring in different elements of art history. I think um, icon and iconism is really cool and I would love to bring in, especially with everything that's been happening with art on campus recently, which yes. I won't get too into. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be really interesting to kind of explore the tiny saint-like moments of everyday life, kind of looking at that. And, um, but in a very, in a very non um, offensive way to religion itself, since we're on such a religious campus and it is such a big part of everyone who is here. Um, but I still think it's so important to kind of look at those beautiful little miracle moments and really bring them out. And I would really love to kind of focus and shift from that sorrow and loss and change to those kind of beautiful little moments where people come together. Well, we have only about a minute left, and we've covered a lot okay. of territory. But I want to give you a chance for people to view your work on social media, mm-hmm. get in touch with you, and things like that. So tell us about how people can view your work, Ashley. Yeah, um, so currently I have a website in the works, so there's not anything official there yet. But I have an Instagram that I use a lot of self-photography and a lot of other um, of my portraiture on, and that is ashley.vernon underscore on Instagram. And um, hopefully there'll be a website up soon that'll be probably tagged in my bio there. <laughs> so that'll be an easy way to find me. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I have. 
So thank you so much for having me. Well, yeah. we really enjoyed best having you. Luck. Yes, best of luck in, uh, in your art career. And you know, you'll have to keep in touch. We can follow you uh, further on. That's uh, Ashley Vernon, is a junior digital media arts major at Valpo University, hoping to use her artistic talent to become a museum curator. Thank you so much for coming on Art on the Air. Yeah, it's thank been so, such a pleasure. Thank you. We'd like to thank our guest this week on Art on the Air, our weekly program covering the arts and arts events throughout Northwest Indiana and beyond. Art on the Air is heard Sunday at 7 p.m. on Lakeshore Public Media, 89.1 FM, also streaming live at lakeshorepublicmedia.org, and is available on Lakeshore Public Media's website as a podcast. Art on the Air is also heard Friday at 11 a.m. and Monday at 5 p.m. on WVLP 103.1 FM, streaming live at wvlp.org, and Tuesdays at 4 p.m on WDSO 88.3 FM. Our spotlight interviews are heard every Wednesday on Lakeshore Public Media. Thanks to Tom Maloney, Vice President of Radio Operation for Lakeshore Public Media, and Greg Kovach, WVLP's Station Manager. Our theme music is by Billy Foster, with a vocal by Renee Foster. Art on the Air is supported by an Indiana Arts Commission Arts Project Grant, South Shore Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. We'd like to thank our current underwriters for Lakeshore Public Media, Macaulay Real Estate in Valparaiso, Olga Patrician, Senior Broker. And for WVLP, Walt Reitinger of Paragon Investments. So we may continue to bring you Art in the Air. We rely on you, our listeners and underwriters, for ongoing financial support. If you're looking to support Art on the Air, we have information on our website at breck.com AOTA, where you can find out how to become a supporter or underwriter of our program in whatever amount you are able. And like I say every week, don't give till it hurts. Give till it feels good. You'll feel so good about supporting Art on the Air. If you're interested in being a guest or send us information about your arts, arts-related event or exhibit, please email us at aota at breck.com. That's aota at breck, B-R-E-C-H dot com, or contact us through our Facebook page. Your hosts were Larry Breckner and Esther Golden, and we invite you back next week for another episode of Art on the Air. Aloha, everyone. Have a splendid week. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the world your heart. You're in the know with Esther and Larry. Art on the air today. Stay in the know with Mary and Esther. Art on the air our way. Express yourself and show the world your heart. Express yourself through art and show the